From Capital Analytics, I'm Abby Malone, and this is Invest Insights. Every week, we bring you perspectives, business advice, and more from the leading executives, entrepreneurs, and investors who are building, diversifying, and leading the way in the country's fastest-growing metro markets. Real leaders, real insights, right now. I'm joined today by Jim Anthony, the CEO of APG Capital and APG Advisors. Jim, thank you for being here today. My pleasure, Abby. You're heavily involved within your community. You've served as a guest lecturer for Duke University, a board member for several associations, and a residential guitarist. How has community involvement shaped your career path and the culture of your firm? Well, I love answering this question because, frankly, uh, I'm very opinionated on this topic, Abby. Uh, In my opinion, Companies that are disengaged from their communities, and we all know who they are, uh, should be disrespected for <laughs> disengagement. Uh, it's just not, it's not good for the company and it's not good for the community. Uh, the opposite is true. Engaging with uh, the people of the community, whether it's uh, leadership uh, to the folks on the streets, uh, particularly those who are most in need, uh, if we're in the business of making profits in a community that is providing to us labor and um, uh, a, a regulatory framework, uh, a banking network or a capital network uh, that ensures our success, why in the world would we not be uh, giving back to the community? And We've been doing this for a very long time, and each year we've ramped it up more and more. Because frankly, I don't think you can outgive the giver of all good gifts. The truth is that uh, we're all stewards, uh, no matter who we are, where we are, or what we got. It is uh, essential for us to understand that and then uh, behave that way. Uh, in in the business context, it's too too often that people um, create boxes uh, in their life, and they think uh, that giving back is something they do independently of their business. That's wrong. In fact, the vast majority of our lives are spent in our marketplace, in our workplace. That is where we're going to have the most impact in the community. So, our culture is really built around community engagement. Uh, we have number of things that we do that are unique uh, in in our organization. Mm-hmm. We have a team that is uh, volunteers who sit on a care team, meet once a month. Uh, they d- determine what they're going to give of the profits that we have set aside to share in the community. We have supported uh, in excess of a hundred different organizations in our mm-hmm. community over the many, many years that we've been doing this. The rewards for us of seeing uh, transformational projects funded, um, lives, individual lives changed. I mean, that's not beyond us just to support the individuals in our company, for example, who have some sort of catastrophe uh, strike them, whatever that might be. So uh, we're we're really serious about giving and we think everybody else ought to be too. We do it largely uh, to be a light in the community. 
to show people how to do it and and why they should do it. So how's that for an answer? I'd say that's pretty uh, inspirational. I think uh, companies that can creatively connect to their local community, as you just mentioned, are those that are really walking the path um, and creating a better community overall. Yeah, amen to that. APG investment philosophy focuses primarily on acquiring value-add industrial, office, and multifamily assets below replacement cost. How are you adapting your strategy to a landscape with an unprecedented amount of capital and saturated markets? With uh, great uh, delicacy, <laughs> excuse me, not, what's, the, what's the right word? Uh, I'm trying to be highly deliberate and disciplined uh, and, and look for delicious assets that are not overpriced. How about that? Uh, the fact is that most everything is overpriced in the best markets in the country. Uh, there's been a massive flight uh, to the perceived safety of real estate from those assets, which are now sort of deemed to be risk on uh, from stocks and bonds to um, private equity to you know everything that is uh, not hard asset. So in that kind of world, as you've just alluded, uh, it can be very difficult to find uh, opportunities that actually will make money. Because there's so many people who are treating it almost like money laundering, <laughs> get the money out of the market uh, where their stocks are at risk and putting it into hard assets. We have been focusing, as we always do, on um, fundamental value metrics, like how is this property, uh, how does it fit within the uh, replacement cost framework? Replacement costs are moving up very rapidly, as you know. Those, um, those numbers uh, kind of keep lifting up uh, what we're willing to pay, and they are for everyone else. I don't know when uh, replacement costs might fall, but they do. People forget that whenever there is a uh, market correction in real estate, land values drop, construction costs drop, materials drop uh, as demand for those products drops. We're a heck of a lot closer to that phase of the market than we are to the um, you know the beginning of it. Uh, we're actually deeper into this cycle. Uh, than I've seen in my very long career. Uh, we've been on a consistent march upwards from about 2011 or 12. So we're 10 years in and it doesn't seem to want to stop. Well, that's what everybody said back in 2007 when it didn't seem to want to stop. I remember having an economist from a national bank in our office and he didn't see any reason why investments might uh, in real estate might uh, be at risk. And yeah. sure enough, six months later, he was eating crow. Um, so uh, we're trying to focus on land, Abby. Uh, there's a there's not as many people who can buy land because they don't understand it. Uh, yeah. Buying land and developing or entitling and reselling is a game that can only be played by insiders uh, in a market. Uh, so that is uh, one of the things we're focusing on. The other thing that we're doing is we're looking outside 
of the core markets where the appetite is overheated. So in the Raleigh-Durham area, as an example, we're active in multiple states. We are deeply engaged in um, markets that are not as hot uh, yet because we know that the growth is going there. But the fact that those communities are overlooked gives us an opportunity to buy uh, at the kind of prices we're willing to pay. So um, that's um, that's kind of how we're dealing with uh, an overheated market, uh, discipline, and uh, relocation of our of our attention. And what might those new markets be that you're looking into? So some of the places uh, here in Raleigh Durham uh, are uh, the peripheral communities and counties. So if you follow any one of our major arterials, uh, transportation arteries, uh, they're going to uh, take you to communities that are less famous than Raleigh and Durham. So if you were following, for example, 85, so the Interstate 85 quarter is well-documented as one of the hottest growth quarters in the country. And people talk about Raleigh-Durham as a node, which it is, and then they talk about um, the triad as a node, Greensboro, Winston-Salem, High Point. And they talk about Charlotte as a node and then Greenville, Spartanburg and on down to Atlanta, on down to um, Birmingham. So that corridor, and I would include uh, Richmond uh, in that strip, um, has a lot of little communities that are just outside where all the big names are. And so those are the places where we actually are focusing on every one of those markets. We're, we're in um, Atlanta, we're in uh, Greenville, Spartanburg, we are in uh, Charlotte and uh, the Triad and the Triangle. So uh, we're just not getting in the way of the big money guys from California and New York uh, who are, and from overseas, frankly, uh, that are just putting everybody else uh, out of business because they're paying so much. Season, it's all about creativity. How would you define creativity? And what does that look like for your firm and industry moving forward? So creativity is, I think, one of the critical ingredients to a business survival. Uh, that means that if you have creativity, you've got much better odds of surviving. If you don't have it, you're a lot more likely to fail. Cultivating creativity in a business is the challenge. And I think that there's a number of fun ways to do that. Um, there's some others that um, are actually kind of disciplined. Uh, but I think having an eye out for people who uh, are either within the firm or that you might hire uh, either as uh, third-party consultants or as um, internal hires that have latent creativity, uh, they become a powerful resource to uh, implement uh, growth strategies and, and, frankly, survival strategies sometimes. What do I mean by creativity? I think that you've got to start with where does creativity come from? 
Well, there is one creator, in my view, who started all of this. And so you kind of think in terms of being a descendant of that uh, creator and how I might be able to tap into it. So for me, what creativity looks like is I'm literally asking for downloads. When I look at a piece of land or I look at a building that I think could be repurposed, I am kind of tuning in to a channel where I might hear, see, um, and know what the future of that piece of land or building could look like. That is a lot of in, intuitive stuff, um, but it's also, I think, trainable uh, to a degree. And so one of the things that I try to do with uh, our folks is take them on trips when I'm going to look at a piece of land and I'll ask, what do you think ought to be here? What, what do you see on this property? And then we engage in a conversation around that. And uh, sometimes people see it, sometimes they don't. Uh, but usually I'll see what is supposed to be there and then I'll lead them to that um, conclusion in addition to you know, respecting what they're suggesting and they might be dead on it. Um, so that's one way to do it. And of course, you can do the same thing with, with existing buildings. And it's extremely fun uh, to do that. And then there's a, a lot of tools out there and tactics for um, getting creativity uh, engagement uh, in, in the office. And that can be, um, it can also be out of the office. It can be climbing around on ropes. It can be doing uh, trust circles and throwing bodies around the room. I mean, there's all kinds of uh, wacko stuff that, that can be used to actually, you want to go wacko. To get creative, you have to stop thinking the way you always have and get quiet or get loud, laugh a lot, have fun, and then stuff starts to flow. So that's that's how we look at creativity and why I love the real estate business so much because I have an opportunity to shape the built real estate uh, built environment around me and uh, and say, you know, I did that. Uh, I thought of that. I got that. And then a whole team of people helped make it happen. That's how how does it get more rewarding than that? Well, and it also sounds like you're having a lot of fun while you do it. Absolutely right. You've been listening to Invest Insights. Be sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast to hear more. I'm Abby Maloney. Thank you for tuning in.